0: Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. We are continuing our kindness celebration from hour one. I'm here with Carmen LaBerge. And Carmen, these stories have been so gripping and moving and emotional and beautiful. And I can't wait to hear some more.
1: It's so exciting. Thanks for extending this into a second hour. Bill. Yeah. That was very yeah. gracious of you. Mary's very been kind. so
0: patient. Mary's been waiting and holding for a while. Let's get her on the line. Mary, welcome to the show.
2: Well, thank you. And um, um, My blessing has been, I felt so bad for all the people working during COVID, many, many hours, particularly truckers. When we travel, they'd be lined up trying to get rest so we could have goods. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to have a blessing envelope. So I got purple. All of them are purple for royalty. Of course, only Christians might know that. (laughs) And on the outside, it says, thank you for blessing others, because they are blessing others in the workforce. And then I, at the bottom it says, May You Have a Joyful Day, with a heart and heart on it. And so you open it up, and there's a Gideon New Testament. There's a track. There's $10. And then there's a little card that my husband and I have with a flag that's saying Serving Others. And so they know it's not some crank pot or something. And so I have encountered so many wonderful people who I said would say to a cashier, she said it was her last hour of the day, and it was early. And I said, really? She said she had lost her mom to COVID. And I said, oh, can I hug you? And she was so excited. And I said, well, I have a blessing to give to you, and please look at it later. There's something special in this envelope. And I have gone to truckers, waited in the parking lots while they deliver and run to them when they're about ready to get in their truck and give them a blessing envelope. And I am still having fun with it because we all need to have blessings and know that it's from the Lord, and hopefully, um, you know, lives will be changed. And wouldn't you know it, one day we looked out the front door, and we already eaten, and I said to my husband, did you order food? No, we didn't order any food. Well, here there was some Chinese food fresh from a local place, and he said, oh, I know it belongs to the neighbor's. I said, No, I think somebody is blessing us now because we bless them. So you
1: put well, your little card story. in there with your flag on it. Yeah, no, Mary, yes. that's so great. They're, I love that. She put her little call, she put yeah. calling card in there. That's Bill. such a beautiful
0: yeah. story and I, I haven't so great. and I also haven't heard the word crankpot in a long time, so that's beautiful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm having fun with it still because people need to be blessed. So, may the Lord bless you too, Thank as you. well. Thank you so Keep much. Keep going,
1: Mary. That is awesome. That is awesome. All right. All right. We got Terry on the uh, Terry on the text line. Yes. Says Bill. I just want to recognize my boss Beth at the restaurant where I work. Whenever a police officer or the sheriff comes in for lunch or dinner, she always buys their meals. Always. She refuses to let them pay, even when they insist. It's the only time she refuses to listen to customer comments. That is awesome.
0: I love that. Thank
1: you, thank you, Terry, for yes. telling on Beth. Because that is so great, right? It should I just say love
0: that. whenever police officers, sheriffs, or radio hosts come in. It should I mean? <laughs> but it's beautiful. Well,
1: if you, yeah, I don't,
0: yeah, yeah. you know, Bill. Yeah. All right, okay. We've got Angela's on the line. Angela's got a story she wants to tell. I'm so glad she called. Angela, welcome.
3: Ah, yes. I'm calling from Connecticut.
0: Oh fantastic. Woo-hoo.
3: Welcome. Wonderful. And uh God is moving in Connecticut. <laughs> he
0: is indeed. Amen. Yes.
3: Amen. Um I'm calling because I have uh volunteered for my church uh to make phone calls starting uh when this epidemic started, the pandemic. Uh and in doing so I've been calling people uh around the community and uh in different neighborhoods. I've been able to contact them and talk to them and, and make connections with people who needed had needs and other people that could help them. And it's just worked into some amazing ministry. And uh, so I've continued calling some of the elderly and the older people that are alone, and uh, I've prayed with them right on the phone. Just incredible. And and now, as uh, new people, again, you know, through the Internet, watch um, the Church, and uh, we get uh, connection cards, and they're giving me the names of those, and I'm calling them, and uh, so it's, it's just amazing how God is moving. And actually, I think it's done more for me because I'm visually impaired, and uh, so it's a way for me to give out, and God blesses it. So I'm just overwhelmed.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Angela, for that story.
3: Yeah. It's
1: an extraordinary, extraordinary ministry. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're like being the connective tissue of the body. It's so great.
0: Yeah. A...
3: Thank you so much. That's I a... love what you do, and I can't I can't bless you enough, and thank you enough. Happy birthday,
0: Bill. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. What did we do to, to deserve this, Carmen? I know. It's These just extraordinary. beautiful stories and listeners. It's totally extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. I just am so moved by all this. Thank you for these stories. Um, another one came in that said, thank you for promoting these kindness stories. I'll remain anonymous, but uh, two to three times a week, I stop at the nearest convenience store and pick up some items to give to the homeless. I humbly do this because these people are in need. And lastly, happy birthday, Bill. Very sweet. Mm-hmm. So, very, We very have nice. a
1: testimony, uh, another um, person, just bearing witness to the testimony um, online, like the way you can you can be kind on social media and sometimes disrupt the unkindness that might be in the, in the flow of things. And so thank you, Joanne, for that testimony as Mm -hmm. well.
0: Sharon Sharon wrote it and said, I teach Awana. One of the girls in my group sat across from us at church on Sunday after church. She handed me a handwritten note thanking me for being her teacher. She's kindergarten age. She can't read or spell, but she did her best. So sweet
1: don't you want to see like i want a picture of that <laughs> I do. Too. it's like when the kid gave me just a yellow dot was all his, was that was all he could do was just do a yellow dot well he was thanking me for being shiny one of the shiny people he didn't know how to write or spell so he just drew a yellow dot and handed it to me on a piece of
0: paper mm-hmm.
1: i'm telling you it's good it's good little kids right they know how to be kind
0: yeah they're they're so it's so genuine and beautiful so we have a lot to learn from kids for sure Make sure we remain present, because when you stay present and available, you're going to notice stuff that you might not otherwise notice. We're in such a hurry all the time looking at our phones, even when we're in line for whatever, we're oftentimes not paying attention. We're we're not being focused in the moment. And I think that's when we have these opportunities to show and express kindness to others. Uh, Is it fair, Carmen, to say that when you might be at a line, if you look down the line, there might be six people in it and five are looking at their phones?
1: Oh, or Or at a coffee shop or anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Most people are looking at their phones. That's true.
0: Yeah. And we miss a lot of opportunities to start a conversation, to show an act of kindness to somebody. I love some of the listeners that said, you know, I, I, I started picking up trash. I started making the world more beautiful. I did little things i I told the neighbor there like car lights were on, I mean just simple things where you're noticing things you're you're aware you're you're investing um your day and your time into being present for other people that's i think as cool as it gets.
1: I think there's sometimes, Bill, that we, uh, we we say to ourselves, Well, that's none of my business. Like what's ever's going on over there? That's not you know, it's it's not any of my business. And if we would take the view that God is concerned about every person, knows every need, is in and, and desires to send us into uh, into the world as his ambassadors and agents of his grace, then it's all the father's business which makes it my business as well. So don't be afraid to reach out and do something that might seem a little bit uncomfortable. It might even seem a little invasive. Um, But an act of kindness is going to require courage on your part in order to intersect with another person at their point of need. And as you've heard today, um, there's an unlimited array of ways um, to engage in kindness with others. It's just so sweet.
0: Yeah. Well said, Carmen. Um, I want to Kind of leave with a, th- uh, a thought from a, an old mentor of mine. His name was Walt Hendrickson, and he said, God makes you an incredible offer. You can give your life in exchange for the same thing for which Jesus spent his life people. People last forever. For good or bad, they are eternal. Spend your life helping them prepare for eternity. Don't give your life to mediocrity. Life is too short, and the issues of eternity too significant. So all these little acts of kindness, uh, you are building bridges to people, giving them a chance to hear the hope that you have in your heart um, and making uh, their life and their day that much better. So thank you for uh, all the nice people that said, yeah, I've got a story to tell. So thank you very much for that.
1: Amen. So, Amen.
0: Yeah. I've got one more and then I think we'll go to break, Carmen. Uh, This is a listener that said, picked up a young man sitting on the curb one cold night to give him a ride to a room he had at a hotel, got home only to discover his wallet he left in the back seat. went back to trace him down. He was looking for it feverishly, was able to locate him from his registered hotel phone number, drove there and returned it to him. He thanked me. Uh, I would not want someone to do that. I would want, I would not want someone to do that for me, but happy birthday. Mine's on the 12th. So thank you, April. That's really nice.
1: That's so great. Yeah. That's so great.
0: Beautiful gestures and acts of love. So thank you for uh, being with me today, Carmen. It's been a blast.
1: Thank you. It has been a blast. Yeah. Have a great time with Guy Talk.
0: I will. We're going to get the guys together and tackle a few issues. If you have a question for any of the power panel today, let me know what it is. 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. I'm so glad that we had this time to be a little bit uh, extra with the kindness uh, hour. It was really fun. I loved hearing stories. Those stories will lodge in my memory for a long, long time because uh, that's what happens when you do acts of kindness. Those stories are very, very memorable, and I'm very glad you called in. I'm very glad you texted and sent in your stories. Uh, I've got the power panel in today, so uh, we will continue to talk about kindness stories. If you still have one to share, We love talking about it. And in Romans 12, verse 18, it says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And I sometimes think acts of kindness, it goes a long way to living at peace with everyone. So, so glad to have the power panel. It's a a little bit thin today. Uh, We've got pastors Tom Brock and Tom Parrish uh, with me. And Dr. Peter Kapsner may or may not join. And Justin 007 is on some mission. So he's not with us today. But that's what happens when you're a secret agent.
4: It does. It does. But I'm thankful to be here, Bill. And I'm, I'm glad you're seeing a little thinner. I've lost some weight. So I'm better. <laughs> Good. And how are you doing, uh, Pastor Tom Brock? Uh,
5: I'm hanging in there. Let's just put it, I'm, I'm kind of sick.
0: <laughs> okay. So. Well, you can uh, feel free to leave us anytime you feel like you need to, but it's awfully nice of you to show up. Uh, yep. So, thank you for doing that. So, we've been be we've been talking about kindness today. Uh, we did a 30 day initiative encouraging people to uh, initiate acts of kindness. In the last hour and 15 minutes, we heard some really lovely stories of people saying, "This is what I did," and and it's not to pat themselves on the back, but it's to uh, hear the stories because there's always a two way street when it comes to blessing. When you say, I'm going to serve someone with an act of kindness, what happens is you get kindness in return, Mm -hmm. and you get this amazing feeling of, uh, I'm so glad I took the risk, I had courage, I stepped out, because when you build bridges to people, that's how conversations get started, that's how kindness happens, and that's how people come to faith in Christ. You have to start somewhere, and an act of kindness is an awfully good way to do it. So,
4: comment on that, guys. Sometimes kindness is nothing more than taking the time to listen to somebody. Amen. We live in such a busy culture that we're always in a hurry, but to stop for a few minutes, to look somebody in the eye, to listen to them. I try to do this with older people. I try it especially with children, and it is amazing the feedback you get. And they tell you. They will tell you what their needs are if you listen long enough, and where you can supply those needs, that's wonderful. And uh, you get blessed because they want to talk to you more often. (laughs) That's a good point. Tom Brock?
5: Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of a friend of mine who just retired uh as a pastor great guy but I, early on I remember just the way he would be super polite and kind to everybody even people that maybe would drive you nuts <laughs> and and I I kind of learned from that be very slow to anger as the bible says be nice to people I mean I get I get some pretty testy emails and letters from people that don't like my ministry and what I have learned to do is just be super nice and just continue to be a light broken record as to why you believe what you do, but to be humble. And in fact, one guy uh, a few days ago who um, has been a bit of a thorn in my flesh, uh, just all of a sudden wrote me an email that was nice. And that was kind of a first, And but I do think it has to do with not, not um jumping up in anger when people attack you and just being super super polite and and uh patient
0: yeah I love uh ephesians four thirty two it's been a memory verse of mine for ever, and it's be instead be kind and tender hearted towards one another, so this is one of the times we see the word kind in scripture
4: mm-hmm. so
0: when you see that verse instead be kind and tender hearted toward one another, forgiving one another as we've been forgiven in Christ, uh, how do you interpret that kind and tender-hearted part?
4: Well, it really goes back to your demeanor with people and your genuineness. I think sometimes we can play the game and look really good, and especially if you're a pastor like I've been, you know, nobody expects you to be down when they come in for counseling and yeah. nobody expects you to get up in the pulpit and talk about your family issues. So you're always kind of up and people think you're going to be that way. But the point is be a real genuine person with people. And I know in small groups, especially where I've had a chance, build to interact with men, uh, sometimes women, uh, I usually have to try to be honest about myself, about my shortcomings, and it opens up the door for others. So really caring about people and uh, being genuine from the heart and helping people where you can. Uh there's nothing like reaching out and helping somebody in a real need.
5: I love it. And you know, yeah, and I think too, the the apostle Paul who said, you know, be kind hearted to one another is also the man that, you know, called the Galatians fools and just uh said that I wish you'd cut yourself off, things like that. So it's not being kind doesn't mean that there's never a a, a place for a hard word will maybe hopefully wake someone up. And I I think that we need to be careful when we use that kind of language. But Jesus did, you brood of vipers, the Apostle Apostle Paul did, uh, John the Baptist did. So, you know, James did. He said, you know, you uh, weep, you know, you fools. And and, uh, so there is a time to be blunt, but I think um, it's better to normally lean on the other side.
0: Thank you for that, Tom Brock. Awfully yeah. nice. Here's a, a question. Can we unpack this significance and application of this verse? This is First John five, sixteen and 17. If you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that you should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin and there is sin that does not lead to death. That's from 1 John 5.
4: Okay, Tom, go ahead and answer that one now. See if I agree. Well, (laughs) uh, you know, I kind of looked at that recently, and
5: uh, what is the sin that leads to death? It might be a reference to the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which Jesus said is the one unforgivable sin, or it might be a reference to the the sin of apostasy and falling away and, and renouncing Christ. You know, he doesn't really clearly say what it is, um, but uh, there is a sin unto death that he says we're not even to pray for. So it's kind of a different passage, and that's my thought.
4: Well, one of the problems with that passage, and I agree with you, Tom, is that scholars don't agree at all on what that means. I mean, we're all over the place. So I'd rather default toward praying for everybody in every situation. And where I'm wrong, the Lord can correct me. But in most situations, I found if I take the time to listen to people, pray with them, reach out to them, the rewards are immense. Because people are uh, very isolated in our culture. And I especially think of the elderly, how isolated they get. And just taking the time to listen to them, pray with them, and confront them when necessary, when they're saying something that's wrong. But there are a couple of different ways to do that. I had three sons. My oldest son was always in my face. When I got back, when I would tell him he's wrong or he had to do something, I was a little harsh at times. But my middle son, Tim, is very easygoing and very, and, and Tim just could cry at the drop of a hat. And with him, no matter how bad it was, I was always gentle. And what the Lord taught me through that is I can choose how I'm going to respond to people. I can choose how I want to behave. And I prefer to behave like Jesus as much as I can. And then when the opportunity comes to speak the truth, but to do it, love and to give people alternatives. Nicely said. And
5: that that verse also reminds me about don't even pray, you know, for the, the uh, sin unto death in the old Testament, God was going to judge Israel for their idolatry. And this is after years and years of going after false gods. God kept warning them. Finally, God says to Jeremiah, don't even pray for these people anymore. Judgment's coming. And, you know, even your prayers are not going to keep that from happening. And then in 586 BC, the Babylonians came out and wiped out the Jews. So there does, you know, God is long-suffering and patient But there does come a day, and uh, so maybe that's going
0: on, too. The listener said, I grew up being taught that it was wrong to pray for the same thing more than once. My pastor even said this is what is meant by vain repetitions. I don't know if that's good theology. (laughs) However, the story about the persistent woman before the judge, can you comment on that?
5: Yep. Well, Jesus prayed the same thing three times on this very night, Monday, Thursday night, uh, during Good Friday in the garden. You know, take this cup away, but not my will. He said the same thing three times, and I don't think it's wrong. To, I mean, I've, I've heard teachers say you only pray for healing once, and then you claim it, and you okay. know you've got it, whether you feel it or not. <laughs> no, what, what? Where does it say you can only pray for healing once? And and uh, so I think it's fine to, to pray for your marriage a lot, to pray for your lost loved ones a lot, to pray for health, I don't know anything in the Bible that says you can only pray once for something.
4: I agree with you. And, you know, when you go back and you look at Scripture, I think it's in Matthew 6, 7, Jesus talks about the Gentiles praying with many empty words and not to be like them. You know, we've seen this in our lifetime. When we get into when, when Eastern meditation came through the Beatles to America, a lot of people got into transcendental meditation, and they use a mantra. They use the same word over and over and over, and people would chant that over and over and over, thinking somehow that put them in a better situation with God. And I think there might be something to that here, but in terms of going back to the Lord and praying about somebody's marriage, about praying for somebody's health, about praying for their salvation, um, I prayed hundreds of times for people, maybe thousands, and I don't see anything wrong with that. And I feel pushed inside by the Holy Spirit to keep praying for them and get on my knees. I love yep.
5: Now, there might be one exception, well, there is one exception. If you can first John one nine, if we confess our sins, mm-hmm. God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And i when I was young, I was in kind of the trap of I, I commit a sin, oh Lord, forgive me in Jesus name, amen. If I still felt guilty, oh Lord, please forgive me." And you know I'd ask for forgiveness five or six times for the one sin. And then it was pointed out to me, no, that's calling God a liar. When you sin, you confess it, according to 1 John 1, 9, you receive his forgiveness, and then you don't bring that up again. You Mm -hmm. move on. So I think that's the exception.
0: Thank you, Tom Brock. We'll take a little break. Guy talk is happening. power panel is mostly here. 877-933-2484. Let me know what your questions are. Again, 877-933-2484. Send them over to me fast and furious. We'll be right back. So, but uh, the guys for Guy Talk were, you know, kind of at a different hour. Usually we're four to five, but we did the kindness initiative today, which was really great. And I said to the guys, can you make it at five? And many said yes, and many said no. So it's, <laughs> it's Tom Brock and Tom Parrish today. You guys are uh, always willing and able and competent to be here. So, thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Bill. Tom Brock, you're at your home studio?
5: I'm, I'm at home recouping. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know you're feeling a little under the weather, yet yep. you still decide to come on. So well, that, Tom, Tom, that means a Tom, lot.
5: Parish, Tom Parrish has been a great comfort telling me that if I had enough faith, I wouldn't be sick. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and the man who I, likes hostess uh, Twinkies. And, yeah, and, yeah after thank after you. I recovered from that one, he said, what secret sin are you guilty of that you're so sick? uh uh-huh. <laughs> so he's, he's got real pastoral skills.
0: Oh, like I can see way. that. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Oh, my. All right, let's move on with another question. Listener said, um, I'm looking at Isaiah 55, where it says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And this uh, listener said, this verse kind of scares me. If my thoughts are not the Lord's thoughts, and my ways never the Lord's way, how can I ever know his thoughts and his ways for daily living in a confusing world? Question mark. Who wants to go first?
4: Tom Parrish.
5: Go Go ahead, Tom.
4: Well... A couple of things come down here real real fast. Before we are spiritually awakened, our thoughts are not the Lord's thoughts. Our ways are not the Lord's ways. That's just human nature. Once we come to the Lord, now we have the power of the Holy Spirit to make choices. And my thoughts can still, as a believer, not be the Lord's thoughts if I'm selfish, if I am not going to read the Word, if I'm not going to listen to other Christians, if I'm not going to be in prayer before the Lord seeking His mind. Yeah, I can do that. But here's what I found, Bill and Tom, that when I really focus on his word as a believer, when I really pray, when I really hold myself accountable to other, in my case, men, uh, that will tell me, you're wrong, Tom, or where did you get that from? I do believe we can have the Lord's thoughts, and I believe we can live those out. And I think that's exactly what we should be doing. The problem is that the church today, as much as I love the church, is more of something you go to on Sunday. Uh, even with COVID, rather than the fellowship, it's meant to be where we really do these things with one another in depth. That's why small groups are so important. Mm-hmm. Tom Brock? And Paul,
5: and Paul the Apostle says, you know, we were all once children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Yeah. So, so I think the way I put it, you know, it's called original sin, we're all born into this sinful world, we're born sinful. And God's ways are not our ways, because we're sinners. But then, like Tom just said, once you get born again, uh, it says we have now the mind of Christ in Corinthians. So, um, you know, I think that uh, even as a Christian with the mind of Christ, I can slip into old, evil thoughts, etc. But, um, and you know, there, Paul the Apostle said, now I know in part, then I shall understand mm-hmm. fully. So even the Apostle Paul, who probably understood the gospel better than any other apostle, said, look, um, I I just know this stuff in part. Only in heaven will I know this stuff fully.
4: I agree. And here's the the fun part. When we really learn to trust one another and listen to one another as Christians, uh, the Holy Spirit is going to be there. The Lord Jesus is going to guide us. And so for the listener, I'd really encourage them— you know, with your thoughts, make sure you share those with other believers and be held accountable and see if they'll let you hold them accountable. You do that, and I'll tell you, the Word of God will become much clearer, and you'll have a much easier walk.
0: Yep. Nicely stated, gentlemen. All right, here's another question, and I just want to let listeners know I am taking your questions, and there's some good ones coming in. eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. Again, eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. Let's see. There's three times in the New Testament we're told to build up one another. I think we did some of that during the Kindness Hour, where we built others up. So this is a passage that we see in Ephesians, First Thessalonians, and Romans about building up one another. So we often tell people, "I'll pray for you," but can the panel give practical ideas? how a Christian can actually build up one another on a regular basis. Great question. Go ahead, Thomas.
5: Well, you know, I think it helps to pray, and I don't haven't done this. Uh, I mean, I used to do it more, but maybe every maybe every morning before you uh, head out or whatever, pray, Lord, help me encourage one person today. And to just pray that regularly. And I I, I think there's two things that would do. First of all, It alerts the Lord that you're a vessel and you're ready to serve him. But second, it reminds us that that's what we're supposed to do. So, and I think, too, so, you know, start praying it. And then when you see somebody doing something nice or good, go out of your way and remember to say, thank you for doing that. That was a a real encouragement for me.
4: One of the things the Lord has taught me is to spend more time listening to people because people will tell you their needs if you pay attention to them. I also think Jesus identified us as being four parts, heart, mind, soul, and body. We have a tendency to want to treat one part or the other, or the one we're more familiar with, without understanding the spiritual nature or the emotional nature of people or the physical nature of what they're going through uh, or whatever else is going on. So I've learned also I've got to really listen to the Holy Spirit when I'm talking to somebody because a lot of times people don't tell you up front what their real needs are. And It's hard to build them up when you really don't know, because they're leery, and people have been burned in light by others. They're afraid to do that. The other thing too is to get real practical. Uh, when when somebody has a, a financial need, if you're in a position to help, do something about it. Uh, I know one lady not long ago who had a financial need, and it was pretty big. It was a big financial need. And another Christian went to her and said, "I don't know how much your need is, but I know you've asked for prayer, and." I've got an extra $50, and I want to give it to you. She said that $50 touched her deeper than others that wound up giving her hundreds of dollars to pay off this bill. I think it was from a funeral or something. The point was, it's like the widow who gave the two mites. That person gave everything they had to another person in need. So I think that's important. And like Bill said, you know, we're talking, when you pray, when you say I'll pray for you, pray for people and invite other people to pray. And the one thing I'd really encourage people to do is invite other people over for dinner. Even with COVID, you can still have one or two people over. Sit down with them. You know, have a dinner with them. Listen to them. Talk with them. Share with them. Laugh with them. There's so many people that need that, and especially so many elderly people.
0: Great, great comments. I realized as I was doing things like checking out of the grocery store or going through the drugstore, when I am doing the exchange with the person helping me, at the conclusion... I will look them in the eye and say, I appreciate you, and leave it at that. And you watch them go, what? I know. I know. (laughs) It doesn't take much. It's not rocket science. They felt uh, valued and honored and noticed and appreciated.
4: Well, I think most people in business are simply ignored by patrons, uh, or people are indifferent to them. They've got their own things to do, or they've got a complaint. To do something like that is door opening. It opens a heart, a mind, and, and people are willing to listen. And again, I find that when I'm willing to do that, Bill, it's amazing what what'll happen in people's lives and how they'll share with me things I never thought I was going to hear in the first place. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, you know, I, I would say to the very, of course, greatest encouragement we can give to a person is the gospel. And I like what you just said about your uh, commenting at the at the food line and. I just got 500 for spiritual laws, salvation tracks, and, you know, I just encourage everybody to put them in your car, put them in your, you know, billfold, purse, whatever, and just when you encourage people, see if it becomes kind of natural to also say, you know, uh, here's uh, something that meant a whole lot to me in my life, and I'd like to give you this as a gift. So, because often you, you can't go through the whole gospel if you're coming out of a supermarket line. Right. You can hand something to somebody, you know,
0: and the four spiritual laws are very succinct it's it's very simple mm-hmm. and you know if you're like me, you can go through it in a couple of weeks
5: yep. <laughs> <laughs> I like or it, just, yeah, or just go to go go online to I like, put it called um, good news tracks mm-hmm. there's all kinds of tracks that's the one I like, but I've got a bunch of others too and and just get a bunch of tracks, put them in your car and see how the
4: Lord might use them. Mm
0: -hmm. So this uh, lovely verse that we are—I just lost it. Here we go—that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's amazing.
4: Yeah, the works are already there. I mean, honestly, Bill and Tom, you don't need to go making it up. All you got to do is pay attention to what's going on around you. And the need is already there. And if you can step into that need and help, all the better. I mean, think about the people that live in your neighborhood. You probably, probably everybody has elderly in their neighborhood or a single mom in their neighborhood or maybe a a single dad with kids. You know, when was the last time you reached out to them and said, hey, come over for dinner? Or can I help you with something you're doing around the house? Um, When you do that, it's amazing how the door opens. And, And I agree with Tom. I mean, I have a whole bunch of tracks and writings. But I find that when I'm willing to step out and do the good work for somebody, they're very ready to receive the track uh, because they're getting kind of a dual end of, of the Lord's love, hopefully. Yep.
0: I love that. I love Proverbs 16, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Yeah. So you've got these works that God has d- designed in advance for you to do, and then commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. It's like we uh, we serve an amazing
4: God. We do. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the biggest problem the Lord has is that we have plans that he doesn't have. And we keep wanting to make them his plans. And I know I've had to learn how to sort that out in my life uh, when I go before the Lord. And I really have to go back and check my motives. When I do, then for the plans that he has, it is amazing how that works out. When there are my plans, they eh, usually don't get too far along the way. So maybe I've lived long enough, Bill, I've learned to listen a little better because I've been beaten up enough and made enough mistakes and look foolish enough that it's uh, much nicer on this end to try to be pay attention to the Lord. Mm-hmm.
0: What would you say is a characteristic of someone who is really mature in their faith? You know, we're talking about um, acts of kindness, and to me that's risk-taking, it's being courageous, it's stepping out, it's saying... I want to let people know about Jesus. What would you consider a a characteristic of someone who's mature in their faith?
4: One of the big characteristics is that they are um, not willing to burn any bridges, Mm -hmm. and they're willing to speak the truth. And most of us have difficulty speaking the truth without burning a bridge. We need instead to be able to say to somebody, Hey, I'm not going away, Bill. I'm going to be here. You know, and, but this is what the Lord says. And if you have questions about that, I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk with you through this. It, at that The mature Christians I've met that have done that have really impacted my life. Because when you hear somebody saying, I'm not going away, I'm not going to abandon you. You know, I don't agree with you, but that doesn't have anything to do with how much I love you. I want you to know the truth. What a difference that made in my life.
0: Wow. And that's at the foundation of the love of God. I'll never leave you or forsake you. No, right? So that's beautiful. All right, let me take a little break. You're listening to Guide Talk. We've got Pastors Tom Brock and Tom Parrish, while the other couple of pastors don't seem to be anywhere in sight. <laughs> and I'm not holding that against them. No resentment here. None. Unless they're listening. <laughs> if you have a question, let us know what it is. 877-933-2484. Any question that you send over can be directed to either Tom or Tom. Be right back. Guide Talk. Pastors Tom Brock and Tom Parrish are in the house. So let me know what your questions are or comments. 877-933-2484. Question is, there were two Marys that anointed the Lord with expensive perfume. Mary of Bethany or Mary Magdalene? It was Mary of Bethany. was the one who broke the perfume yeah. bottle.
5: Yeah, and there is she asking which Mary was it? I believe yeah, so, yeah. Which, uh, yeah, it's Mary you know, I, I just. I just uh, I'm a Lutheran, but I just watched Catholic TV yesterday, and the priest was hitting that very issue, and he said, nobody knows which, because it doesn't spell it out. Okay. Yeah.
4: But we do know about Mary Magdalene. I mean, mm-hmm. she's often portrayed as a prostitute, and yet the Scriptures never say anything about Not that. A thing. It portrays her as someone who had seven demons that the Lord cast out. All right, here's a
0: question. How do you encourage people who have left the church and are proclaimed atheists and agnostics?
4: I love those people. I, I do too. Re- I really do. Those are the people you got to be patient with and take time with. And those are the people that I'll have over for dinner, or I'll go meet them at, at Perkins or somewhere and have lunch with them. And I just let them tell me enough. My, my mom, who, who almost lived to be 100, had a great saying, an old German Lutheran ladies, she said, you know, give people enough rope and they'll hang themselves. Mm -hmm. And I find you give people enough time to talk about their beliefs and why they're atheists and why they're agnostics and whatever else. They usually open the door for you to be able to say something by the power of the Lord that's intelligent, that challenges their thinking. But I think most of us get defensive real fast, Bill. And instead of getting defensive, we have to uh, be much more open to these people and listen to them. And even if they rant and rave and yell, you know, I'm not going to yell back. I'm just going to say... Okay, where'd you get that from? You know, what are you th- why are you thinking that?
5: Mhm. Yep. Yeah, attitude. Uh, we I, I it really bothers me when a Christian is being arrogant and in your face and how can't you believe in God? Are you that stupid? It's No, you don't do that. That doesn't win anybody. And uh I I it, it reminds me years ago I was asked to come give a Bible study to some young adults and uh and I did and there was one guy that was kind of strange and nervous and he he told me uh, that he had left the Unification Church recently, uh, the Moonies. And all of a sudden, one of the young adult guys just, don't you know that's unbiblical? He, he just started using the Bible like a machine gun. And I'm kind of thinking, Lord, please get this guy out of here. Yeah. And finally, he left, and I was able to say, well, tell me your story. And he did. And and real progress was made. Now, ever, whatever he did, I don't know. But you just gotta, you know, Paul says, correct your opponents with gentleness, if perhaps the Lord will grant them repentance. So, we gotta be gentle when people are being uh, atheist or monies or whatever.
0: Mm -hmm. We have about nine minutes left, and what I would really love to do, instead of dissecting any more questions, is to go to the Lord in prayer. Maybe we can all participate, Mm -hmm. and as we look upon Holy Week with the sacrifice of Christ to the cross— and his uh, death. Uh, this we're celebrating tomorrow, of course. Even uh-huh. though it happened today, we can continue um, just to turn our hearts to the Lord. And as people are driving or getting ready for dinner, oh, they can join us in prayer. And I would ask um, all of us to participate, including you, Rosie, if you don't mind. Sounds good. Yeah, let's do it. So, who? One of the Tom's want to go first.
4: Tom, right? about you.
5: You'll bottom me, okay? Now yeah,
4: you go ahead and start uh-huh. us off, Tom.
5: That's that's never happened. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lord God, we want to pray that uh, we're alive at this moment and all over the world today on Monday, Thursday, tomorrow on Good Friday, and the Easter Resurrection Sunday, uh, this Sunday. Lord, we would pray that just many lost people would turn on a TV show or walk into a church. We we pray that you'd use this Holy Week to just bring many lost people to salvation. And with all the distress going on, we pray also that you use this week to comfort those who are suffering, who've lost their health or loved ones, but or just uh, on this uh, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Sunday, just bring many, many people to Christ and strengthen them, Lord.
6: Lord Jesus, I just thank you for the sacrifice um you went to the cross anyway for us, Lord, and and that you were praying in the garden and wanted this cup in your humanness to to be removed, and yet you went to the cross anyway in your full godliness. And Lord, I just thank you for that. I thank you for your victory that we get to walk in. I thank you for the authority of your name that we get to um, pray in, Lord. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. And Lord, I am just asking before your. Um, cross today as as you allow us to enter into your throne room via that victory, Lord, that um, for all those unanswered prayers, for all those prayers that have been a sweet aroma to you, for all the mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and aunties and uncles who have been praying for the lost, Lord, the praying for uh, the release of the captives, Lord, that you would, through this Easter season, through this Easter weekend, that you would just shower um, this whole listening audience, Lord. You would shower your kingdom with answered prayers, Lord. Let um, your this be for your glory, O God, uh, for the perseverance of your saints, Lord, that you would answer them, that you would send your angel armies to surround those who are have been the widow, Lord, coming before the judge over and over, Lord, in both petition and in gratitude. So, Lord, I just ask that the prayers that we're praying right now be a sweet aroma to you and that, um, that you would just be at so kind and so merciful as to bring those answers through this Easter season to so many prayers for people that have been waiting both for healings in their, um, in the lives of their loved ones in their mind and their body and their spirit, Lord, and their will, Lord Jesus, let this be a season where uh, addicts are set free Mm -hmm. and it would bring your name glory, Lord.
4: Lord, there's so many broken lives. You know all about that, Jesus. You know, before we were even created in the womb, who we were and what we were about. We also acknowledge, Jesus, that we're not ashamed of your name. It is the power of salvation for all who believe. And so we come and bow before you and we cry out, Lord. There are marriages. There are people listening to this program right now whose marriage is a mess. It's been troubled for a long time. There seem to be no answers, Lord. And it doesn't matter how many counselors they've gone into, they're still hurting. Jesus, step into that marriage right now, touch people 's hearts and minds, heal them in ways they never imagined possible. Lord, the rebellious children who have grown up, many of them left home don 't believe anything don 't go to church, have rejected what we stand for, and yet, Lord, you still love them and so, in this uh, holy week, this Monday, Thursday. As you have given us your new covenant, the Lord work in their heart and wake them up. Lord, only you can give spiritual revival. So wake them up and lead them in the right direction to talk with the correct people that will guide them to you and disciple them. And Lord, we pray for your church in America. It's coming under increasing pressure, and there's a push. Then i not even talk much about you anymore, Jesus. Give boldness to those that proclaim the gospel. Give boldness to the teachers of your word. But, Lord, let it be done with a reverence and a love that is so powerful that people will recognize that you are speaking through these pastors and teachers. Our Father, who art in heaven, you
0: are so worthy. We are so needy. You are so worthy of our praise and our awe. You are completely sovereign. You are the king, the ruler. You're completely awesome in all of your power. And you fight our battles for us. You are the healer of all sicknesses and infirmities. And right now in my spirit, I think of Bob and Pam and many, many others. And I can think of many names that are coming to the minds of Mm -hmm. so many listeners right now. Say their name out loud as we are praying for that dear, dear person who might be in crisis or might need a healing or might need the comforting touch of you tonight, Lord. You love us. You're faithful to us. You pour out your blessings to us. You keep all of your promises. You give us hope. You deliver us from the pit. You sustain us. And you always help us. And you always hear our prayers. Our hearts are glad and full of joy because of your love for us. And when we think and meditate on the sacrifice that you made on the cross for our sins our hearts are completely broken and yet what was the worst day for you was the best day for us mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you died for every one of our sins past current yes, Jesus. and future and because of that we have the ability to know you personally and to be into your come into your kingdom if we are born again like your word says And if any listener is not sure tonight where they're at with their relationship, if you have an academic understanding of God, but you don't know him as your Savior, he's standing at your door knocking right now. And he wants to come in and start a brand new once-in-a-lifetime relationship with you. And as it is um, um, your day, April 1st, 2021, that you would be born again because you would repent and say, I believe in Jesus, your death, resurrection, and now that you are in heaven. That is what I believe, and that's what I thank you for. And it's been a wonderful hour. I pray all this in Jesus' name, and I thank you uh, to all the listeners that made the Kindness Hour so spectacularly fun. Carmen and I had a blast. Thank you so much for blessing us with your stories and inspiring us We want to go out and make a difference in the world just the way you've done, and you have encouraged us in so many ways. I want to thank Tom Brock and Tom Parrish for being here. I pray that Justin and Peter are feeling better. Tom, I hope you feel better. And I am so grateful for all the listeners as you lay your head on the pillow tonight. Know that God has a spectacular plan for your life and that he loves you so much, and I do too. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow.